this morning uh, called I Have Decided. And I love the new year because it's a fresh start. Anybody here ever need a fresh start other than me? Man, I do. I need a fresh start. And I, that's, that's the thing. You know what else I love is that my birthday's New Year's Eve. So I love that. I mean, everybody parties on my birthday and the whole world. And uh, I, I, it's, it's always been great having a, a, a birthday on New Year's Eve. I, I turned 44, so I guess I've officially transitioned into my middle 40s, right? Because at 43, that's still early 40s. So now I'm, I'm middle 40s. Uh, uh, one of our uh, saints in first service, she heard me saying that, and she said, you know, she's a couple years older than me, and she said, son, don't be complaining about that. I'm thankful for every morning when I wake up. It's a fresh opportunity. And I was like, way to go, Paula. It was Paula. I was like, I love that. I love that heart. I love that attitude of just a fresh start, a new day. You know, one of the gifts I asked for, my kids asked what I wanted for Christmas and for my birthday, and, and I told them I wanted a John Grisham novel because uh, I've been in a, gra- I'm in a graduate program, a master's program, so I haven't read, I love to read. I've been doing a lot of reading, but I haven't read a novel in a year and a half. And, and, and so I got, a, I got a novel, a John Grisham novel uh, for Christmas. And, and as, I, as, I read this, as I read this novel, I don't know if novels have just all changed in the last year and a half or it's just the book I read. But the chapters were really short. You know, instead of being 10, 20, 30 pages long, the chapters were just a couple of pages, which I liked because it was easy, you know, easy to put it down and pick it back up uh, because there were these short chapters. And, and, and it was a, I had all these fresh starts to read this book. And, and that's how I view a new year. I approach a new year. Each of us of our lives are like a book. And, and to me, each new year is like a new chapter. It's not, every day is a new page, but every year is a new chapter. So there's a brand new chapter in your life this year called 2017. And I believe God can do amazing things in your life this year. And, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to, we're going to talk about making some decisions this year that are going to put us on a trajectory for experiencing the very best year that we can in the Lord. Uh, we're going to pick it up with a, a passage in Philippians. Uh, Paul wrote this passage from a jail in Rome. He's writing it to the church at Philippi. And uh, imagine, I mean, uh, I mean, it just blows me away. Uh, his joy, his perspective, his heart, his attitude as he's, he's confined, facing, uh, facing execution. Yet he is so focused on the Lord and what God has called him to do. Uh, Here we go, Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 13 and 14. It says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Can you say those five words with me? I'm going to, but one thing I do. Let's say that together. But one thing I do. Let's say that one more time. But one thing I do. Man, I love Paul's focus here. Like, I love his determination. I mean, he is spot on. He is, he is determined. He is focused. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. But he was like, I'm not focused on my past. In the earlier parts of this chapter, uh, he talks about some really great things that he had done. Just some real, a real pedigree. Uh, his education, his experience, all the graces. I'm not, I'm not counting on any of that stuff. I'm looking forward to what God is doing. He's saying the best is still ahead. I'm looking ahead at that. Um, and you also look at, the, at, at Paul's past. Uh, he persecuted, murdered Christians. Um, he, uh, he, he blasphemed. I mean, he was, he was just 
He was headed in the wrong direction. I mean, it was, he had made some huge, huge mistakes. And he's like, I'm not letting that hold me back either. I'm not focused on my past. I'm letting that go. I'm straining. I'm straining towards what is ahead. And in my mind, I picture this straining, this pressing, you know, like an athlete that's running a, a race. And, and as an athlete, as a runner's running a race, they come up to that finish line and they're just leaning in leaning in to cross that line, and, and that's his heart, that's his attitude, and that's what I want to convey to us this morning is, is let's don't, like, and kids don't ever do this, okay, and I grew up in Oklahoma, which is a really bad idea to do, but if there's ever ice on a pond, again, I do not recommend, do not try this at home, but if a kid in Oklahoma were to ever try to do this, he would probably you know, kind of fill the ice, you know, before he gets out on it to kind of see if it's solid or not. And I think sometimes that's kind of how we live life. We're just, we're really anxious about the future. But Paul's not. And he's in jail. But he's not worried. He's not, he's, he's focused on one thing. He's leaning in. He's not focused on the past. He's pressing on. He's straining towards what is ahead. He's pressing on towards the goal. Towards the goal. Have you guys been, if some of you been crafting goals for this year, 2017? Anybody here, you working on some goals? Well, if you don't set a goal, you'll hit it every time. I mean, that's, it's, it's true. So you, you got you to set some goals. Luke and I, my, he, turns, he turns 14 this week, our youngest, 14 years old. And so I was asking about, I was asking about what are your goals for this year, Luke? We were talking about some of the different goals he has for his life, and he asked me what my goals were, and, and so we're talking about these things, and, 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 and this is, Paul here, he's talking about, he's pressing on towards the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Call me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That no matter what happened last year, this is a fresh start. It's a new chapter. God can do great things in your life this year, this year. How many guys are thankful for second chances, right? Man, I am. I am. I, I, year before last, I coached Luke's um, junior high basketball team at his school. And um, except for Luke, Luke was awesome. But the other kids, I mean, they just, I mean, they didn't, they didn't know what they were doing. And I mean that, that's, except your son, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, we got two of them on the team. Um, but, I mean, it was, you watched some of the games. It was, it was interesting, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, so anyway, um, one of the things I did as a coach is I would stand down there, and I'd catch the ball when they would miss it. I'd throw it back out to them, and I would just encourage them, keep shooting. Just keep shooting. and miss it. It's okay. It's all right. Just, I'd pass it back out to them. Just keep shooting. Just keep shooting. Just go for it. It's okay. Just keep shooting. And, and, and just encourage them to, it's okay if they miss, just keep going for it, right? And that's what the Lord's saying to us today. If you blew it last year, don't give up, don't give in, just keep going for it. Just keep going for it in the Lord, because we serve a God of second chances. Are you thankful for that? We serve a God of a third chance, of a fourth, whatever, whatever number you're on, God is there for you, and you can, he will be there for you. And so don't give up, and don't give in, and, and, and focus on what this one thing is for this year. Focus on it. Last week, I started our service, started the year off for our church with this, vo- with this verse, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. Like, you can't change 2016, it's done, right? It's in the books. Move on. 
God has fresh things for you. Don't, don't dwell in your mistakes of last year. Put them under the blood of Jesus. Ask for forgiveness if you haven't. Ask other people for forgiveness if you haven't. But then move on. Just, just put, it, put it by. Forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. Says The Lord says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. How many of you guys are thankful God does new things, right? That's not, we're not just stuck in what he's done before. But he wants to do a brand new thing in your life. He wants to do a new thing in our church this year. He says, now it springs up. He goes, do you not perceive it? And I think the reason that Isaiah the prophet asked this question, do you not perceive it, is because I think a lot of times we don't perceive it. That we just kind of live life just going through the motions. And we don't perceive the newness of what the Lord has for us. And so he goes, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert. Streams in the wasteland. That where things that, I mean, streams in the desert, a way in the desert, streams in a desolate desert, in a wasteland. That doesn't make sense. It's God's making a way where there seems to not be a way. He's doing things in your life. He wants to do things in your life that, that are beyond normal, that are beyond ordinary. And, 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 but it takes our partnership. We have to respond to him as, as Paul did. That he says, I, I, I focus on this, on this one thing, on this one thing. You know, do you know there, there are change experts? Like, they are experts in change. And, and, and I don't know this, but I think maybe they're experts in that because I've just seen this with other kinds of experts that sometimes people tend to become experts in something because they, they haven't done it well, and so they research it and they, they work on it because it's a point of focus so much that then they become an expert in it. And so I don't know if that's how you become a change expert. You just don't do it so well, so you study really hard to become an expert in it, or you have so many difficult situations that you need to be, but change experts say this, that one of the reasons that, that people, us, uh, don't do change well, don't reach the goals, uh, don't accomplish what it is we want to accomplish, because we just have too many of them. That we were not focused enough, and so we try too many, and then we, so we fell at all of them. Have you, ever, you know, like, have you ever started out the year with 10 New Year's resolutions are like 10 goals. Okay, these are the 10 things I'm going to do this year. So what's today? Like January 8th? Yeah, they're already like, like, and they're like not, they're already like toast, right? Like, you can't do 10 things. That's too much. And so then you're like, okay, three things this year. Three things. I'm going to, these are my three goals for this year. Man, if you can do three, that's pretty awesome. That's, but you know, really? What could be the one thing? Like one thing. Imagine if there's focus on one thing. What could happen? I want to challenge you. Think about it in your life. What is one thing that you could change in your life this year with the help of the Lord? What's one thing that you could change that would make the most difference in your life, the life of those around you? What's the one thing? You pick one thing. What would it be? What would be the biggest thing? What would that one thing be? I bet you it'd fall in one of about five categories, and you can put these in your notes. And in fact, if you if you're not using your notes, you can pull those out of your bulletin. Uh, you can download our app at uh, Grace Church, Springfield, Missouri. Grace four one seven. We have our notes in there. You can follow along. It really helps to write the notes down, just to to, to remember and stay engaged and keep them for later. What did what did Pastor say? What was that? And you can pull it out and you can see it. But I bet it's in one of these five categories. I bet one might be habits. You know, habits that you need to change, that are holding you back, that are keeping you from, from all that, that you could be. And, and these habits that, 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 that we just built in, like, like maybe it's just like getting to bed on time, right? You have teenagers in your house, can I get an amen, right? It's like, this is, this is get to bed, you know? 
get some sleep around here. But it's just, you know, what are some habits? Maybe it's internet. Maybe you just, you, you, nobody knows what you're looking at on the internet, but you're looking at things that you should not be looking at and you know it. This can be the year you can be set free. This can be the year that that changes. And maybe it's just not bad stuff on the internet. Maybe it's just too much time on the internet, right? Like, have you, have you ever like seen somebody like walk into a pole or something like at the mall? It's hilarious, right? Or I've, People have literally walked into traffic and died. Like texting, they're just hedging. Have you ever gone into a restaurant like everybody's texting it. Like there'll be a family at a table and everybody's just, you know what I'm talking about? They're just, they're just texting. They're probably texting each other. Maybe they're texting the waitress for the order. I don't know. But they're just, they're just texting each other. And it's just, it's like they're missing out on life. Like what if we just didn't use our phones so much? Like what if we just changed some of those? Ha- I mean, you don't even have to talk to your family anymore, right? At your house, right? You just tell your kids what to do via text, right? Kids go to bed now exclamation mark, angry face, right? You know, (laughs) go to bed. And so it's, you can tell I had a bunch of teenagers around over Christmas break. You can tell, can't you? But it's a, we always heard you have the food at your house, then all your kids' friends will want to be there, right? So we always have lots of food. I mentioned that on our days of 21 day and fasting, don't I? Yes, I do. Okay. So habits. Number number two, number two, what's the second one? Maybe it's um, relationships. You know, maybe it's relationships. You know, that's a common area of focus is relationships for goals for a new year. Um, you know, there's some relationships that you just need to just get rid of in your life that are not healthy, that are not good. You just need to cut them off. Uh, maybe it's somebody at work that you're just getting emotionally attached to. And, you know, I think as a pastor, like, I have to be honest with you, I'm often surprised. I'm, I'm always surprised when moral failure, when adultery happens. And I'm like, how, I just, it blows me away. But... And so, I, but it happens, and so I know that there, with the numbers of people who have first service and service, there must. The, I know the enemy tries to tries to tempt us and tries to, to take our hearts. And if if your hearts being your emotions are being drawn to somebody else, like break that off, like get away from that. If you have to change jobs, change jobs. That is a dead dead end. The devil promises you something that is not there. Just get away from that. And so, but I know relationships. Maybe a, it's a relationship with your with your spouse. You want to be closer this year than you were last year. You want to, I mean, there's some reconciliation needs to happen with some, with some of your kids. But, you know, relationships are an often, often important part of, of goal setting. Now, let me offer you this on setting goals. We teach this in our Freedom in Christ class. We have a new one starting, a new Fusion, Freedom in Christ Fusion group starting in February. If you haven't taken it, you should. One of the things we teach in that class is the difference between um, goals and godly goals and desires and godly desires and the difference between desires and goals. And so when you set goals, I found this very helpful in my life that if I set goals that I have control over, that I can do something about, then it, it empowers me and, it's, and it sets me in a position where, um, where it, that goal will not be blocked as easily. That if somebody blocks it, it's up to me. It's like basketball. You know, you shoot a goal and somebody blocks it, right? It gets you angry. It gets you mad, right? If you're NBA, you might get in a fight, right? It's just, you know, you get upset. And, uh, and that can happen in our life. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, in regard to relationship, um, it could be, you know, a, um, a godly desire would be to have a better marriage. But a better marriage is not a great goal because that's not just up to you. You know, there's another person that has to, you know, be on the same, has to be pursuing that as well. So a godly desire is a good marriage. A godly goal is I'm going to be the best husband that I can be. This is how I'm going to improve as a husband this year. 
And I hope and I trust and my desire is that it will produce a better marriage. But I can't, I can't control that. But I can control what kind of husband I am. And so I'm going to be the best husband I can be. Maybe it's a job that you want. You can't control whether you're picked for that job. But if that's your goal, then if that doesn't happen, that could bring great, like, it could just crush you and you could go into depression and, and all kinds of stuff. But if your desire is that job, even though that's a godly desire, if, if that's what the Lord wants, it's a godly desire. But the goal is, I'm going to do what I can do to myself to prepare myself for that, whether it's training, education, networking, um, taking extra shifts, whatever it might be. Those are things I control and those are how I can. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And so pick goals that you, that you can do something you can do something with, that you can control that. How about your debts? You know, finances are a, well, that's a common area of goal, isn't it? I know about a year and a half ago, Heather and I, we and our family, we downsized. And one of the major reasons was to be able to pay off debt. So we've been really working hard on that. And I'm telling you, boy, it is, it is a, it's relief when you get some of that debt off of you. And so this could be the year that you don't get more debt you get out of debt or you have less debt. And that's a good, that's a good goal. Maybe health. Health is a common goal, right? I mean, that's one of, that's one of the things I'm working on this year. And I'm going to tell you, I feel like Oprah Winfrey. You know, like some of you guys that know me a while, like I'm like Oprah. I get big and I get smaller. And I, I'm just, is that okay for me to, I don't, I just, I, I think she's skinny again. I think I saw her somewhere. And it's just, I don't know, I feel like Oprah. That's all I, that's all I know. I just feel like Oprah. But, you know, do you know 90% of patients don't do what the doctor says? Do you know 90%? We go to the doctor, we pay this money, and then 90% of us won't, won't do what they tell us to do. Maybe you just maybe one of your goals is just do what the doctor tells you to do this year. That'd be, that'd be a good goal. How about your dreams, right? That's a, that can be a goal. What kind of dream is in your heart? Is it to start a business? Is it go on a missions trip? Start a ministry? What is that dream? I mean, 2017 can be the year that you go for it. There's all kinds of different things that can be our goals. But if we look at Paul here, Paul says, but there's one thing that I do. He had such focus. because I'm forgetting what's behind. I can't change the past. I'm straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus today. And I tell you, when I come to this point in the year, and there's fresh goals and there's, there's fresh things one of the things I begin to have a fresh understanding in is my humanity and my own strength. And I know for me, when I, whenever there's been real success in my life of moving on, moving forward in the things that God has for me, even goals in those other five categories, that when I include God in it, when God is the focus, when God is the center of knowing Him more, being in line with His will, His purposes, what He's doing, then that gives me the strength to do what he's asking me to do. Otherwise, it's all in my own strength, my own will, my own flesh, my own ability, and then I just wear out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so if we can focus on one thing, and those other five areas, that's great. Like, go for it in those. But let's get this one thing right. If we get this one thing that I believe it'll have impact in those other areas. So what's the one thing? Well, if we look at different people in the Bible, they're going to they're gonna tell us what the one thing is. Let's go to the Old Testament. This is, what, this is what King David said. If somebody were to have asked King David, and either somebody asked him or he was thinking about it, because he tells us, David, what is the one thing? What's the one thing, David? And he says this, Psalm 27, 4, he goes, one thing I ask of the Lord, 
This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Because I just want to be close to the Lord. That's the one thing in my life this year, he says, is to be close to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? That I want to be close to the Lord. He goes, I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. He knew that when he sought the Lord first, when he was close to the Lord, it made everything else in his life go better and work better. I tell you, I want to get closer to Jesus in 2017. Anybody else with me in this? Anybody else want to be? I, I do. I want to be closer to I want our church to be closer to Jesus a year from now than we are right now. I, I have that desire in my heart. It's a goal for me. So let's look in the New Testament. New Testament, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha, and let's just talk about Martha for a minute, right? Because Martha, she gets a bad rap in this story, right? Like, not that there's a villain, right? But she's like the villain in the story, right? And if you, because you probably, you, you may have heard this before. There's three characters in this story. There's Mary, Martha, and Jesus. So Martha's the first one. There's a woman here named Martha who opened her home to Jesus. Now that is significant. Would you not agree that she invited Jesus over and Jesus came to her house. I mean, you know, she was doing something right, right? I mean, she, she had the smarts about her to invite Jesus over. So props to her for that. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Can you say the word distracted? Just one more time. Maybe you're distracted when I said that. Can you say dis- distracted? Distracted, yeah. And I don't know what movie it is, but like there's a kid's movie with this dog, and it's like squirrel, 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 squirrel. Up, oh, is that the movie? Up, oh, yeah. That's all I remember about that movie is that, because that's me. I like, I, I saw myself in that dog. I did. Okay, maybe I shouldn't go here, but I am. So I'm working on a sermon series in my mind, okay? Can I go here, Heather? Is this all right? She's just shaking her head like, oh, Lord. Okay, so you know the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? Well, we have a chocolate lab that we've adopted. He was actually hit in front of the, uh, her name's Ellie. Uh, she was hit in front of the, uh, the church here. And so um, the only option was for the sheriff to shoot her or try to find her owner. So obviously we tried to find her owners and haven't been successful. Now she's part of our family. And, and she's just the sweetest thing. I mean, she's just, she, those labs, man, they just get in your heart, you know? Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You know, they do. But, so this is the thing. I, I, I've discovered that men are like labs, okay? <laughs> Feed us, love us, and play with us, and we're happy. <laughs> That's just, I'm telling you, there's something there. I mean, we're, men are like labs. But I haven't figured out what dog women are like yet, right? So if men are like labs, what are women like? And I'm just scared to go there. I just don't know how do you, I just don't know how you get, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that one. But I got the man part. Maybe some of you can help me. But then I'll be quoting a woman and I won't be saying that a woman's like a dog. So, because that just doesn't, you see, I told you, I'm distracted. See, it's like that. Okay, let's get back here, Jay. But Martha was distracted. She was just, I was an example of, of distraction. That's what that was, Yeah. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to the Lord and said, Lord, 
Don't you care that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You ever prayed that prayer? Lord, don't you care about me? Well, what about me, Lord? Right? Have you ever? Oh, that's just me that's prayed that prayer. Okay. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Lord, will you tell her to get in this kitchen and help me? That's what the J. Bean version says. Lord, tell her to get in the kitchen and help me. He goes, Martha, 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 Martha. He said, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Worry's not needed. Anxiety's not needed. There's one thing needed. One thing. David knew what the one thing was. Paul knew what the one thing was. Jesus knew what the one thing was. Those other areas, those other categories we talked about, they're important. But this one thing is what's most important. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Being with Jesus. Being with the creator of the universe. What an honor. What a privilege. He says, Mary has chosen the better. And it will not be taken from her. No one can block that goal, right? What can separate us from the love of God? No height, no depth, no angel, no principle, nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so this story, there's three things we get from this story. The first one is, is I have decided, serious, the first one is, I have decided to make the most of the new year. You can fill it in, new year. You can put in the word, the opportunity in there if you want. I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new season. It's a brand new chapter. I'm going to take advantage of it. I've decided that. I mean, some things in life you just got to decide. I'm just going to decide. I'm going to decide. I'm going to take advantage. See, Martha had a great opportunity, didn't she? I mean, Jesus was in her house. You know how cool that is? Jesus was in her house. Man, that's a great opportunity. That is a great opportunity. You and I have a great opportunity. I mean, the country we live in, the freedoms we have, the church we belong to, look at the amazing people that are around you. There's opportunities that we have. Jesus is here. If you know him as your Lord and your Savior, he is in your life. I mean, he's right there. He's knocking on the door. If you don't know him, he's right there. He wants to come in. He's right here. It's an opportunity. Are we going to find ourselves in the kitchen? Are we going to be with Jesus? I want to encourage you to go for it this year. John Shobar, missionary from South Africa last year, he, uh, this, he was here last week, not last year, last week. That was January 1st. It wasn't last year. He was here last Sunday. And his sermon was all in. Questions, are you going to be all in for Jesus this year? It goes right along with this. Are, are we going to be all in? You know, there's some great opportunities coming up in our church to, to get all in. To go for it in the Lord. Some great opportunities. We have our growth track that we said. We had over we had over 80 people last Wednesday night in our growth track. Right here at 645 on Wednesdays. You can still get in on it. You, you, can, you can come this week. There's three more weeks left. 645 this Wednesday. There's classes for the kids. The youth are going to be in with us. The youth loved it this last week. And, and we, had a, we had a person who got baptized first service because of our growth track on Wednesday night. So come and, and be a part this Wednesday. Uh, it'll, we're going to be talking about, about being connected relationally with the church and with our fusion groups. It will really help you. Um, maybe you haven't been reading the Bible consistently. Uh, we have, we've, on, our, on our app, we now have a Bible reading plan on there. We loaded this week. We can all as a church be reading the same passages in the Bible 
every day together. It's just a tool that we want to give you to help you focus on the Lord this year, of just building those habits and those patterns of spending time in the Word of the Lord. Take advantage of that. Let's press it. We have a perspectives class that's starting next week that will revolutionize your life in the Lord and the ministry He's called you to. The very first class is free. Uh, next Monday night, come check it out. It's just—it's going to be—it's going to be amazing. Not tomorrow night, the, the week after that. Uh, we just have some really great. We have fusion groups starting up in February. There's opportunities to serve. Come and and be a part of the growth track and find out what those are. Do a missions trip. Come on a missions trip with us this year. Just go for it in the Lord. Jesus is in your house, guys. Don't stay in the kitchen, right? Go for it in Him. Second decision. Second decision I've decided is I'm going to get rid of all distractions. Just get rid of distractions. You know we have to constantly get rid of distractions, right? It's like your garage, right? Have you ever noticed your garage just collects stuff, right? How does it even get there? Like, do people just bring stuff and just put it in your garage at night when you're sleeping? It seems like, where did this stuff come from? It just appears, right? That's how our life is. It's like, how did this stuff get in the closet? Where did all this stuff come from? It's distractions. We have to rid ourselves of distractions. Martha was distracted with good things, right? I mean, cooking dinner was great. I mean, it was good. It was good. It wasn't great. Being with Jesus was great. And sometimes the good stuff can keep us from the great stuff. You know, even the devil will do We do that to ourselves, but even the devil will do it to us. He'll get us, he'll get us involved. We'll get involved with good stuff, but then somehow, like, it just becomes too much. Something that's good and fun, it's fine. Becomes too much of it, and then that good thing keeps us from the the best thing. I mean, maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a hobby. It's a great hobby. It's a fun hobby. But when that hobby starts taking time and money away from family, away from from God, keeping you from serving Him, then, then it's gone too far. I mean, what about... Okay, I'll just go here. Chiefs start at 12.05 next week. Yeah. That's right. First service. It's good. And I know nobody in this church would have this dilemma, but I know other churches in Missouri and Kansas, you know, the people have decided, well, am I going to go to church or am I going to watch the Chiefs game? Now, I know they don't make it to playoffs often. (laughs) But, I mean, but I'm just being, like, serious, though, you know, like, but... You know how that something that's good? I mean, Chiefs in the playoff is good, right? And I'm not doing this to try to get everybody to stick through all the service next Sunday, second service. It's not my, my goal. My point is, where's our heart? On something that's fine, football's great. Like, it's fine, but where's our heart? Where's our heart come when it comes to these things? It can be good stuff, right? We, just, we can even get busy doing good stuff. Like, I know in my own life. So I pastor this church. I supervise four other churches. I'm in a graduate program. I'm going to graduate in June. I'm working on a capstone project. Um, I'm working developing leaders in southern Africa. I'm on the executive council of Foursquare. And I'm like, I'm busy. And I tell you, all those things are good. But if they keep me from Jesus, like, they're not good, right? Like, I'm going to have to just not do so much to stay focused on Jesus. Because he's the one thing. Amen. Like Jesus is what, if anything that just keeps us from Jesus, then it's just, and that's, and and so today we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. You guys remember that when you walked in and saw the donuts, right? You're like, they have laid a trap for me as soon as I walked into church today. Get thee behind me, Satan. 
Yeah. Well, we have kids here, so we don't want kids crying when they show up to church because they have donuts every Sunday, right? And so, so we have them for the kids. But, but I'm telling you, I'm, this is a great opportunity, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It helps get rid of distractions in our life. It helps us, like, recenter on the Lord and what he's doing. And we're going to have times of prayer here every, every week from, for, every, for the next 21 days, weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. right here. It'll be a one-hour prayer. We'll start right at 6 and end right at 7. We're actually going to be participating with a simulcast with hundreds of other churches that are going to be praying together. And, uh, and so we're going to do that Saturdays. It'll be from 9 to 10. Come bring your kids. Uh, come and be a part of this. If that doesn't work for your schedule, then um, you'll find a time during the day to, to pray at home. And we have some, uh, when you leave, you're going to get a book. And that book is going to, it's a prayer guide that's going to, it's a tool that we want to give you to help you pray. You're going to be familiar with some of the, the material in there because I've taught the material. There are different ways to pray. I use it in my own prayer life, and I think you'll find it very helpful. We'll be using that in our morning prayer times, and uh, it's just really going to help you. We have a, a prayer guide that Foursquare is using for 21 days of prayer and fasting as well. You can get that. You can download their app. But we just want to give you tools to help you pray to help you seek the Lord. 20, I mean, most of us know what prayer is, but like what's fasting, right? Like I've heard that's a bad word. Fasting, right? Well, it's actually, it's a great thing. It really helps remove distractions. It, create, it helps challenge our priorities and our desires um, in our life. And so if you've never, if you've never fasted, or if you have fasted, I want to challenge you to fast and, and to fast even more or in a, in a greater way than you ever have before. And, and there's different kinds of fasting. Fasting isn't about trying to punish yourself. Uh, what it is, it's a way to remove distractions. Now, not at first, because when you start you know, fasting at first, that's all you can think about, about whatever it is you're fasting but then as you be able to break through that, work through that, it really focuses your heart on the Lord. So there's really, there's three kinds of fasting. One's a full fast, where it'd be for a, like a full day or one day, three days or, or extended time. If you're going to fast very long, you'd want to talk to your doctor and see if it's okay. If you've never fasted, like I don't suggest starting with a full fast because it probably won't last long. That's just from some speaking from experience. I'm going to let you know. So um, a, a way to start is with a partial fast. Maybe you fast a meal a day, a couple meals a day, or till a certain time of the day, or certain foods. Or maybe you want to fast social media, or TV, or secular music. Or what, what, what is it? What's the one thing that distracts you from the Lord the most? Like, what's the thing? Whatever that thing is, I just want to challenge you to fast from it for three weeks, 21 days, and let new patterns be set into your life. A Daniel fast is a great thing to do. A Daniel fast is no meats, no breads, no sweets, and mostly fruit and veggies. And you just and just and just pursuing the Lord in that. And hey, write this down in your notes. I know you guys are taking notes. Write down the write down the word crew, C R U, crew, C R U, and then write down the word fasting. Later, Google that. Google Crew Fasting. And what Crew stands for is it's short for Campus Crusade for Christ. It's an organization Bill Bright started. He was a great example and model of prayer and fasting. And if you Google that, there will be a ton of prayer and fasting helps for you that will really help you. So just Google and just talk to the Lord today and and just set some fasting goals. This is what I'm going to do. And if you blow it, if you stop at Hertz Donuts and you eat a half a dozen after you Quit being sick, you know, just get back on it, right? If you drive by Freddy's and your car just pulls in and you can't control it and you eat something, you forget, just 
Don't let that stop you, right? If you fall off, just get back on and just go for it in the Lord. Because the Lord's after your heart. That's what he's after. And so just let those things, let the season of prayer and fasting just break some of that stuff in your life. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those that have gone before us are cheering us on. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let's just get rid of that stuff. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. It's marked out for us. And finally, I've decided to prioritize the presence of Christ in my life. Prioritize the presence of Christ in my life. If you guys know what I'm talking about when you know that you're near Jesus, then you get so busy and you, and you don't sense his closeness. Man, I'm prioritizing the closeness of Jesus this year. Other stuff's going to have to fall off. Because I've got to be close to Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I've got to be close to I need to be close to the Lord. To sense his presence in a strong way in my life. Paul said this in, earlier in chapter 3, 7, and 8. He says, I once thought these things were valuable. All this other stuff other than just responding to the pursuit of Jesus. I mean, he's embraced us. He's pursued us. We're simply responding to him. Paul said, I thought all this other stuff was good. I thought all this other stuff was valuable. You know what? It's worthless. The message calls it, the message translation says it's just a bunch of dog dung. That's what it says. That's what it is. It says it's worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ. That's Paul's one thing. Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. This one thing. Guys, if we can do one thing in 2017, let it be to know Jesus more. To be closer to the Lord this year. To know Christ, Jesus my Lord, for his sake, I've discarded everything else. Just got rid of everything else, counting it all as garbage, dog dung, getting rid of it so that I could gain Christ. So I could gain Christ. Amen. You want Christ in your life in a greater way this year? I know I do. Ben, would you come and, and to the guitar? I want to tell you a story as we end. It's about a, a man named Assam. I told this in our in, in, our, in our, our growth track on Wednesday night. I want to share it again. It's, it's, it has to do with this series of I Have Decided. There's a man in northeast India named Assam, and it was against the law to convert to Christianity. But he had converted. A missionary had reached him. He converted to Christianity, and the tribal leaders brought him to the town square. And they... They challenged him. They told him to renounce Christ. And if they didn't, they would kill him. He responded with these words, I have decided to follow Jesus. They brought his wife. They said, Assam, if you don't renounce Christ, turn your back on Christ, we're going to kill your wife. He said, the cross before me, the world behind me, I've decided to follow Jesus. And they executed her. And they threatened him again. He said, if you don't renounce Christ, we're going to kill you. He said, though none go with me, still I will follow. And because of that man, 
These words of this hymn were penned. And eventually, that whole tribe, those chiefs that carried out the executions, came to Christ because his commitment to follow the Lord. So question I have for you this morning. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you decided to follow him? Is he the Lord of your life? Have you made that decision to respond to his love and to follow him? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord or your Savior, you've, 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 maybe you've gone astray and you're here today. You're here today 